Hey, my friend, we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday, and we're talking to young pastors, young leaders, new pastors, and I'm talking to you about how, if you're particularly a young pastor, anywhere from 20s into the 30s, how do you shepherd and lead people in your church who are two to four times older than you? When I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, I was taught that age mattered and that the younger should show respect to the older. So for me, this may not be true for you, although I would imagine it is for a number of you, but for me, when I was beginning in ministry, I felt like I didn't have anything to offer the older people in my church but I quickly learned otherwise, very quickly. And, I, and so I want to share with you some ways that you can lead and shepherd people that are two to four times older than you in your church. So yesterday we talked about showing them respect. We talked about building relationships with them. We, we talked about uh, asking them about their lives and experiences. And then we talked about learning from them. And I also said right from the top that the four assumptions I was making was that you believe as a pastor, that you actually have something worth leading others toward and that you want their best more than you want your agenda and that you're committed to their growth and that you're committed to them as a pastor and a shepherd and a leader. You're not just some guy that showed up at their church or some lady that showed up at their church. So number five, another way that you can lead and shepherd people that are two to four times older than you, serve them. And I mean really serve them in a tangible, helpful way. We already talked about visiting them. You know, we do that during a life crisis or a hospital stay, especially maybe when, you know, somebody has passed away, but, but at other times. And if you can't visit all of them, visit some of them. And then as a pastor, See to it that somebody is visiting all of them. But you can serve them by visiting them. You can serve them by, again, listening to them. Because you know, I've, I've, I've seen pastors, and I've heard of pastors. Others have told me, and I've seen it for myself. A pastor who will come in to a visit with a person and will literally do all the talking. And at the end, can I pray with you? They've read scripture, they've told them about the church, they've told them about what's going on in their life, they've commented on maybe some current uh, uh, community stuff, and then they've prayed with them, and then they've walked out, and they haven't listened. That person does not feel cared for. That person feels like a spectator, and that person, in the worst case scenario, feels used. Okay, this pastor came and he or she, they did their ministry for themselves, for their job, for the church, and here I am. I haven't even been heard, haven't been listened to. So you want to serve them by visiting them, listening to them, and then honoring their requests whenever possible. So somebody might come to you and say, you know what, Pastor, when I was growing up and we did communion, we used to do it this way, and I really miss that. I listen to those kinds of things, and whenever I can accommodate an older person, I do it. Whenever I can, I do it. As long as it doesn't take us as a church off mission, and it hardly ever does. It's usually uh, an issue of method, not mission. 
And I always try to honor a request like that. People that are older, I just I try to compromise or uh, you know do some of what they said if I can't do all of it, but to show them I care. It's actually important to me, at least to listen and to hear them and to appreciate what they've appreciated. And they know they've been heard, and they know they've been cared for. And even even if in the end, sometimes they'll say, you know, I know we can't do that, but boy, I sure miss doing it. For the pastor to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I kind of miss it for you. I, I'm sorry. But, but you know our mission, you know, we're trying to reach this generation, and your generation's been reached, and you're helping us reach this next generation. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And, and I see that that's happening. So... Honor requests whenever possible and compromise when necessary and when it doesn't uh, compromise the, the mission of the church. And then assist them practically as they need it. In serving them, we want to assist them. If they need a, um, what do you call it, a va- if, they, if they need valet parking, you know, have somebody, have somebody at the door looking for them. When they pull up, they run out, they get them out of their car, they help them in the front door, and they park their car for them. You know, a church can do that. It just takes a little organization, but it takes a lot of heart. So that's number five, serve them. And I mean, really serve them. Serve these people that are older. Don't let them be forgotten. And I tell you what, I fight that all the time. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've got a church of, you know, if everybody shows up, 600 plus people and it's hard. It's hard because there's just a lot going on and a lot of people. But I really work at that because I think we do need to hear and care for our older members as much as possible. Number six, lead by example. Lead by example. Let them look at your life and let them say, you know what, man, he's doing something or she's doing something that I wish I would have done when I was their age as a husband or wife, or as a mom or a dad. I wish I would have been like that. And because they live their life like that, I will listen to them, and I will support them in their leadership exploits at our church. Lead by example. Your example will speak volumes to them. Number seven, how to lead and shepherd people that are two to four times older than you. Number seven, speak your mind. Speak your mind. You you would think that maybe, oh, you know, you, you don't want to say anything that's gonna get them upset, but but this isn't true. It's not what you say that gets them upset most often. It's how you say it. It's the context in which you say it. It's the people maybe that you say it in front of. So speak your mind, speak with passion and conviction. No half measures here. Speak with passion. And speak with conviction. Let them know this is something that this this is important to you. This means something to you. And speak your mind repeatedly. Don't just don't just do it once. With anything, you need to repeat, repeat, repeat for people to truly understand and to buy into something. And then with, with older people, especially, speak with clarity because you've got a you've got a greater cultural difference you've got a greater generational difference and distance to traverse in your communication so you want to use as much clarity as possible when you are speaking your mind don't say things that they might take two or three different ways do your best that they can only take it one way sometimes that's impossible i'll just be honest 
But sometimes if we work at it, we can we can get a lot closer to having them have understanding because we've been real clear. And then when you speak your mind, do it with patience. Do it with patience. Be courteous. Be kind. Be considerate. Attach what you think very strongly about to the mission, to the why of what you're trying to do as a pastor. But again, always try to make that personal connection with them, even when you're speaking out of the chair of being a pastor. The number eight, don't apologize for your views, but always respect theirs. Don't apologize for what you believe, but always respect their views. And again, I've said this two times, I'll say it a third time, listen to them, really seek to understand them. And then when you've heard them and understood them, tweak your views if necessary. Tweak your views if you learn something and you say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong here. Or it could go either way. It could go one way or other. It depends on how the ball bounces. But because I'm their pastor, because this is the way they're wired and this is their experience and their, their passion, I'm going to see that the ball bounces to their side because it's neither here nor there. Then I'll make sure it's there on their side. And then tell them what you appreciate about their point of view. If you're not going to apologize for your view, always make that connection of what you appreciate about their point of view. You know, I really appreciate the fact that you had music that you really enjoyed. Now, that's a common one, right? That I really appreciate the fact that this kind of music reaches you. I had in my office for the longest time a stack of the 50 most uh, popular hymns of the 20th century. And it was a stack of CDs, 50 most popular hymns of the 20th century. And as I talked to older people who would say to me, you know, I really miss the hymns, I'd say, hey, you know what? I've got this for you. This has got all these hymns. You would know every single one of them. And you can enjoy them not just when you're at church, but you can enjoy them anytime in your car. Now, fewer cars probably have CD players in them now. But this was, you know, a few years ago. But I, st- I, I still may have a few in my cupboard. But I would give them to the older people and say, hey, I appreciate the fact that you like these. And I want you to enjoy them. So, Pastor, these are some ways. Yesterday, we talked about showing them respect, building relationships with them, asking about their lives and experiences, um, learning from them. And today we talked about serving them, really serving them, leading by example in your life, speaking your mind to them, but not apologizing for your views and always respecting theirs. These are ways that young pastors can minister to people that are two to four times older than them. I'll never forget in the uh, on Easter Sunday of 1988, just my second year as a pastor, beginning actually beginning my second year as a pastor. For the early for the uh, morning service, I got my boombox out and I played this cassette recording that I recorded myself off the radio the week before. And it was a Focus on the Family Adventures in Odyssey reenactment of what it would have been like, what it might have been like had you been present in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified and then at the resurrection. And they had just done a great job. Now, again, we're talking 1988, right? You didn't have everything you have today. 
But I took that recording and I literally played it for my Easter Sunday message. It was so, the, the, the dramatization was so good and your mind was just, you could see everything that you were listening to. You could see it all happening and it just made you think, oh, maybe, maybe it could have been like that at the crucifixion. They actually, they saw it and these are the things they were thinking and this is what it must have been like to see the risen Christ. And so I played it and afterwards, Vernus with a V, Vernus, who was in her late eight in her late seventies, which in the nineteen eighties was pretty old. She came up to me and she looked at me and she said, with a little bit of a downcast face, she said, Pastor, when you brought that boombox out, I didn't like it. I didn't think we should have a recorded message on Easter Sunday. And then her whole face changed as she got this big smile and this twinkle in her eye. She goes, but that was wonderful. She goes, it seemed like we were there. And she just had this big smile and she said, I've never heard anything like that. And I said, Vernus, that's why I played it. I had the same experience when I listened to it this week and I knew that she would like it. And that little conversation that connected us a little bit together. And we referenced that for the next couple of years as I was there uh, as a part of that uh, congregation for five years. We talked about that a few times, just about something that she initially was resistant to, but when she experienced it, she was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And so I got an opportunity then to minister to her and build that relationship with her. And you know, I gave her a hug that day. We laughed about it and... We made, it, we made a connection, and if you do that over and over, Pastor, I tell you, there is nothing, there's nothing like shepherding people in their walk with Jesus, and just through the highs and the lows of their life, there's nothing like it, and, and you can do it as uh, in any vocation. You should be coming alongside people no matter what you're doing. And you can have a ministry in people's lives as any other vocation on the planet. But we're pastors, and that's a privilege, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah, the glass is half empty once in a while. But just make pretend it isn't. Just make pretend it's half full. Just tell yourself, no, this glass is half full, and Jesus keeps filling it up whenever it drains low. Pastor, uh, thank you. Thank you for spending these few minutes with me today, and I'll catch up with you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.